Hello, and welcome to another episode of Daily American Presses Chatting with Abby. Today, I want to talk about a variety of things that are happening in the world today. I want to talk about Elon and the Twitter deal falling through. I want to talk about, you know, what might be coming next with that. I want to talk a little bit about Hunter Biden, because we've been seeing an awful lot of him lately that we didn't want to be seeing. And I want to talk about a strand of three people who recently uh, seemed like they, they thought they were flying really, really high on their victim status and then kind of ran into reality really, really hard. And kind of what I think those three stories uh, show or have to say about the current state of culture. So let's see if we can cover all of that in half an hour. First up, Elon Musk and the Twitter deal. Now, I was so happy when we heard that Elon was buying Twitter and a lot of people were really skeptical and now it looks like they might have been vindicated, but I also don't know if I think that this is over yet. And I am, you know, disclaimer, I am struggling to separate out intellectual honesty from what I want to be true and what I want to happen. So recognize that I really, really want Elon to buy Twitter. I really think that he can do so much good and I just have a big personal stake in it being somebody who's very active on Twitter and feels the shadow bans and feels it when my friends like Real Truth Cactus get banned for saying something true. So, uh, by the way, if you didn't know, Real Truth Cactus got... Uh, suspended and won't be deleting the tweet that got her suspended which Twitter does this thing where they're like you did a bad thing here's the tweet that was bad now click delete and by clicking delete you acknowledge that you did a bad thing and they kind of put you in a position of having to agree with them to delete the tweet but your suspension won't click into place until you click delete so you have to agree with them that you did something bad to even start your punishment to get your account back. And so that's the position that Cactus is in right now. Um, so if you want to go follow Backup Cactus, um, I think that's the at Backup Cactus. You'll find her. You'll find her. Backup Cactus. Go follow her her backup account. But I, I really, really want someone to come save us. <laughs> and um, I know that that's a little bit cowardly to just be sitting there hoping someone will will come save you but I, so many of us saw the good that maybe Elon could do for the platform and got really really hopeful and so I'm watching all of this happen and I'm having trouble separating out uh, what I think what what I actually believe is going to happen so Elon has attempted to walk away from the deal citing that Twitter is lying about having more than 5% of bots on the platform. Now, why is this important? Well, first of all, this is what Twitter told the SEC. Twitter told the SEC that they had less than 5% of their users were bots on the platform. And this goes directly to the value of Twitter as a company because Twitter makes their money off of ads. And the way that you even determine how much an ad is worth how much a company should pay you for an ad is how many eyeballs are going to see that ad 
And if a huge number of the real human eyeballs Twitter tells you are going to see your ad when you pay for it are actually not real human eyeballs, but actually bot eyeballs that are never going to buy anything and they're just going to bot look at your ad and bot do nothing about it, then you've got a real problem with your business model and with the value of your company. And so when all of this went down, uh, we see Twitter's stock tanking and So Twitter, who opposed Elon at every step on the front front part of this this contract, they really did their best to keep him from buying Twitter and entering into this contract. Now they're like, we're going to sue you in the state of Delaware, I believe, um, to make you follow through on this and to make you bias and the reason for that is that twitter is in a world of hurt if elon walks away from this they are in a bad bad place because of the accusations that he's leveled and the things that he has implied about them but i don't blame elon because if what he believes to be true is true about the number of bots Twitter is worth about half what he promised to pay for it, and that is a terrible business deal. Even if it was never about the money for him, even if it was all about saving democracy and getting his favorite satire site, the Babylon Bee, back, it's still not worth paying billions and billions and billions of dollars more than the investment is worth, especially not in this economy. So I can understand why. Elon would be in this position. Now, some people don't think he ever intended to buy it and that this was all just a game for him that he was always going to back out of. And I don't know if I believe that. One thing that I think might be true, and like I said, it's difficult for me to be intellectually honest about this, but if I was to try to hazard what I think is true, I think he knew going in that he didn't believe that the bots were the number that they are. And I think that's the reason he he wrote what he did into the contract and that the first thing he did was start asking Twitter to prove and provide information to prove that what the bot count really was. And Twitter is saying, we gave you the information that we had. Um, And Elon is saying, this is not usable information. I cannot prove with this information, you know, what I need to um, which is to ascertain the, the percentage of bots on the platform. And I think that it is entirely possible that Twitter is telling the truth to the extent that I think it's entirely possible that they have been very careful to turn a blind eye to the bots such that they could tell a lie about their value, about the number of bots on the platform that wouldn't get them in trouble if it was found out to be false. I think that there's a really good chance they are playing a really, really dangerous game with telling, you know, something, telling a lie that is, that is plausibly true, that it is plausibly just a mistake, that they have plausible deniability about knowing that, that what they were saying was false. So Elon is is saying they lied. They straight up lied. They have information that they are refusing to give me. They have reneged on their deal. And if it is true that Twitter is just kind of playing this head in the sand game with the SEC and with the world, 
and with their shareholders that Elon might not have as much of a leg to stand on legally that he maybe thinks he does. Uh, some of the legal breakdown I have listened to on this from a lawyer in a similar type of law, not exactly business acquisition law, but there's a lawyer on YouTube who's a really good teacher about these things. His name is Richard Hogue. Uh, his channel is Hogue Law. And um, the this, the show he does is called Virtual Legality. And he does a whole, I think, hour and a half show just about kind of reading through Elon's letter and talking about the legal implications and things like that. And I thought it was a really good, really fair, balanced take on this. I could see it seemed to be that Richard was wasn't on the side of either Twitter or Elon, uh, unbiased in a way that I just can't be. So I would point you to that if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, because it's a really good, really good analysis. But from Richard Hogue's analysis, it seems like legally it could go either way. That Twitter is is trying to make Elon follow through on it and the court may may make him. Or the court may make him pay the $1 billion fee for walking away from the deal. Or Elon may say, look, you're worth half of what I promised. And if you lower the price, I will buy you anyway. Um, I... In my biased state, that's what I kind of think will happen, is that perhaps this has been the plan all along, that he knew going in that he didn't believe the bot numbers. He went right for the bot numbers, proved to his satisfaction that he was right about the bot numbers, and now he's forcing them to take him to court so that in the discovery process, in that period of time where the lawyers are trading information and evidence back and forth, that he can kind of get the proof that he needs finally about this prove that Twitter has been um, either unknowingly or criminally lying to the SEC and to its shareholders about all of this stuff. It's, I think, a lot of drama. I think a lot of really intense drama is going to pop off about this. You know, no matter where the chips fall, it this is an intense thing. I think a lot of people have no idea what a big deal it is. It's not. It's not just like, oh, I don't want to buy the house. I'm just going to back out of the deal and lose $100 or something or whatever whatever the good faith fee was there, right? It This is a big, big deal. So if Twitter gets, if Elon gets out of this deal, Twitter is in a world of hurt. Their stock's already tanking. They're already in a bad place over this. So I'm hopeful that Elon will get Twitter at a discount and that we'll still get the Elon leadership over at Twitter and the, the, the freedom and the restored accounts that we've all been really hoping for and that we can just watch the libs cry and cry and cry about it. Now, one another part of my kind of conspiracy theory about this, and I talked about this on a previous podcast about this topic, is that it's possible that one of the things Elon really wants to do in this process is prove how corrupt Twitter is. If he can prove that they were at least getting close to committing a crime, if he can prove that, that there's some really, really shady stuff going on with the bots, it's going to be that much easier for him to fire the people he needs to fire, that much easier for him to fix some of the less clear stuff, less clearly legal, illegal 
uh, stuff like the shadow bans um, and, and the shenanigans with the algorithms. Because even with him buying a company, it can still he could still be faced with wrongful termination lawsuits if he fires people on the basis of you know what they may be able to claim as a political view or something like that. So he might be doing a lot of this to set himself up for success once he actually tries to clean up the company. That's been one of my theories uh, ever since he came out with this this bot thing to begin with. So. We're going to watch and see and wait and see what happens with that. The next thing I wanted to talk about that I don't really want to talk about, but we kind of have to because it's all over the internet, is Hunter Biden. And I just want to say, yes, Hunter is, Hunter is just his dumpster fire that is just kind of really fun to dunk on because it's just so easy. It's, but the libs don't care. They do not care if Hunter is awful. They don't care that Biden is awful. Why would they care if his son is awful? His son's not elected to office. I think that the right, on the right, we care about families and we care about the integrity of families. And so I remember really looking up to Sarah Palin when I was younger, when she was running with John McCain, which shows you how much I knew about politics. But anyway, um, and then finding out that her kids were kind of a train wreck really disillusioned me with her because I care about the integrity of families. But I do not think that the left cares one little bit about what Hunter Biden does. And it's interesting to see how many things can be suggested and even proven. Um, so much is on videotape at this point. And the left does not care. They do not care that Hunter and his dad are likely pedophiles. They do not care that they are involved in money laundering type schemes in Ukraine and maybe China and, you know, shady financial stuff. They don't care because they are on the right side of their morality, their religion. Um, in the same way that we make excuses for the people that we love and make excuses for the people on our side, in the same way that we made excuses for Trump and all of his failures. That's what the, that's exactly what they're doing with Biden and, and Hunter. They're just making excuses because they that's their guy. So part of me is like, yes, absolutely, let's talk about Hunter and let's let's dunk on Hunter and, and let's not, you know, waste the same ammunition that we've been handed, but that at the same time, it feels so pointless to go after this because they don't care. Um at, at what point do we do we have to say um, this is something that matters to us, but when it comes down to it in the fight, this is not, you know, this is the ammunition that's just bouncing off them. This is like rubber bullets to them. They do not care. So I get a little, you know, it feels like a distraction. The Hunter Biden thing all over Twitter feels like a distraction from something bigger. And I couldn't tell you what I think that something bigger is. It just feels so pointless. So, um transitioning to the next topic super smoothly because I'm great at transitions. There are three people who have been in the news recently who were 
and in one case still are riding really high on their victimhood. Actually, all three of them are still riding really high on their victimhood. But in a lot of ways, they have crashed into the ground really hard. And I, I do think that this is evidence of a cultural correction in three different areas where finally we're like, oh, wow, we've given these people so much power and they're not all telling the truth. So the first one we've talked about on this on this podcast is Amber Heard. She was really, um, really flying high on that female abused by a powerful man in society abused by you know one of the most beloved actors and she she had the power to twist the world and make the world hate him just on 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 her word alone and then he sued her for defamation and she lost and the cameras were right there in the courtroom and she's been exposed to the world as this um horrific liar who destroyed this man's life for years and years um, just by saying me too and just by inventing all of this stuff um, and, and putting forward this hoax. And so I think we're seeing in culture a correction in the Me Too movement where even even women who have genuinely been abused, genuinely have been hurt, have skin in this game, have said no. Um, we don't believe all women. We, we investigate all allegations we take allegations seriously but no we don't out of hand believe every single person who says i was raped or i was i was physically abused so that's number one number two we've talked about a lot on twitter is jesse smollett where he faked a hate crime um against both black people and homosexual people completely um lied um, such a premeditated thing. And we talked about this so much. I heard it talked about so much that I don't think the weight of it really hit me until today when I watched the sentencing video where the judge is just reaming him out for what he did. And you can tell that this is a judge who cares about social justice. You can tell that this is a judge who who cares about the black community and the gay community and would probably go really hard on a real hate crime in a way that I wouldn't even agree with because I think that separating out hate crimes and just regular crimes is kind of silly because you weight certain people in society over others. If it's a crime, it should be a crime, it should be a crime. I think premeditation matters, but I don't think, you know, the color of your skin and the crime matters that much. But that's just me. Anyway, this judge listening to him basically say to Jesse, like, you care so much about social justice. You grew up caring so much about social justice to the point where you chewed out a lawyer for using the N-word in court is how much you, you pretend to care about social justice. And yet you did this thing, you premeditated this thing that is going to cause so much harm to the black community and to the homosexual community. Because now when actual crimes happen against them it's going to be that much harder for them to be believed which is the same thing that happened with amber heard because she lied it's going to be harder for women who have actually been through abuse to be believed and so it's interesting the sheer hypocrisy of pretending to care about something and pretending to stand for something and this is this is a feature not a bug of the left that the hypocrisy is a feature not a bug and again pointing it out and talking about it is informative for us as conservatives because we care about hypocrisy and so it's good for us to spot it and see it but they do not care 
about hypocrisy. They don't. The left does not care about hypocrisy. It doesn't hurt them at all to be called a hypocrite. They just don't care. The third one uh, is the one you are probably least likely to have heard about, um, but I'm hearing more and more about, is the developing situation with Ezra Miller. Now, Ezra Miller was uh, the Flash in the recent DC movies. He was also in the last three Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, Harry Potter movies, and then... Uh, he was in Perks of Being in a Wallflower and, and other things. Pretty pretty pro- prolific actor for his for his age in particular. And I don't know when uh, Ezra Miller started identifying as non-binary, but at some point he started going by they-them pronouns and claiming to be a transgender non-binary. And then in the last couple months, he has just kind of gone off the rails. He has been arrested for assaulting a woman and in the arrest tape you can hear him saying i'm a transgender non-binary and i refuse to be searched by a man and and just you can see that he thoroughly believes the narrative of his own victimhood and his own power and does not expect to be questioned on it at all in the same way that jesse and amber did not expect to be questioned at all because they have become so accustomed to wielding their power of, of victimhood and, and their intersectional layers of minority or whatever. However you want to put it, that, that power society has given certain groups of people. In the same way, Ezra, a, someone who completely presents as, as a man, does not seem to make any effort at all to present as anything other than a man, anything in the middle of the genders or anything like that, he he seems to, you know, he wears a little makeup here and there. He'll, he'll kind of, it's like a costume. It's like a performance. Um, he'll wield, he seems to be wielding this, this character to gain this power and the allegations that are coming out against him are so serious. It's it's insane that um, parents of this uh, this young woman have accused him of grooming their daughter from the age of twelve. Now she is um, over the age of eighteen, but having groomed her for that whole period of time, um, allegations that Ezra is a pedophile that he is grooming people. Um, their daughter is is also non-binary. It seems to be this sort of non-binary cult of some sort. Ezra has been taunting police and kind of on the run from the law. It seems it seems that at this point he's now kind of holed up on this ranch somewhere where allegedly he's got all of these guns and all of this weed and he's got like a mom and her very young kids randomly living with him. It's all very weird and culty. And it just seems like this guy is doing things that if any other, you know, white male in the United States did these things who didn't happen to be famous and who didn't have to be, happen to be playing the transgender non-binary power card, which seems to just cripple law enforcement, news media, all you know, all of the above, just cripple society in their response to him, which is so interesting that you can commit or allegedly commit like horrific crimes and 
society can just feel like their hands are tied because you called yourself a they them just because you use different words to describe yourself and all of a sudden they're powerless to stop you i think it's in incredible that this is the place we're living in in society but i do think ezra's headed for a crash and burn now warner brothers who owns dc and owns fantastic beasts all they have said is that you know in so many words they're just gonna wait a year to put out the flash movie and they're gonna wait for this to blow over because it's pretty minor and it's like this was minor but you fired johnny depp because amber said he was a wife beater excuse me like one and one of these things is not like the other even if both sets of allegations are true it's uh, less serious to be a wife beater than it is to groom a 12-year-old girl in a sexual relationship. So I think that we're watching a correction in our culture. I think that we're kind of on that tipping point where we're seeing how bad it is. And it's so disheartening and it's so heartbreaking um, to watch things like Matt Walsh blogs. Um, that's his handle. Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? Um, my mother-in-law, who is deeply conservative, deeply Christian, couldn't get through it because she was so heartbroken by it. But this is the place we're at where we first have to face the truth of it and then we can start to do something about it. Um, and I think the first step, it's more than just the first step to getting help is admitting you have a problem, right? It's also seeing the full extent of the problem before you can... Otherwise, your correction is not going to be sufficient. And I think we're in the place of society where we're figuring out the extent of the problem. And in culture, I think that that is actually easier than it is in politics. In culture, I think we're looking and saying, okay, the Me Too movement went way too far. And the Jesse Smollett's intersectional power card was way too far. And Ezra Miller's crazy non-binary power card way too far. And I think it's easier to spot those things, spot the fatherlessness, spot the mental illness, spot the brokenness in our culture, and start to do something about that. And we're already seeing that with responses to Roe v. Wade and abortion laws getting stricter in so many places. But in politics, I think that the struggle is knowing just how deep the rot goes. It's so hard to know what the correction to the problem is because we can't see the size of the problem. And I, I think that the key might be in the Maxwell trial. Currently, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Ghislaine Maxwell being uh, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend who was very, very involved in operations on Epstein's Island and his whole pedophile uh, human trafficking ring. I think that what what came out in that trial could make a difference, at least be a starting point for figuring out how deep the rock goes. If we can find out which power pe powerful people in government were involved with Epstein were involved in the human trafficking, we might begin to dismantle what is what is wrong in America. And 
It might sound overly simplistic that I'm saying just find the pedophiles and then we can fix the country, but I think sin in anyone's life does not remain constrained to just one little corner of their life. It spills everywhere. So it does not surprise me, it would not surprise me that the most... Know, the people that we see as the most evil politicians are probably going to be evil through every section of their life, including their sexual proclivities, and vice versa. That the people who are evil enough to have been involved in Epstein's circle and his human trafficking ring are also likely evil and powerful enough to be doing some severe damage in other parts of society. And so if we can take down those people that ring of people, I think that we could be in a good place. And I don't know if that's even possible. I don't know if there's a route forward to get that trial unsealed and actually see what went down in it. But I feel like we're on the edge of something. And I'm just kind of, <laughs> feels like we're teetering here. And you're like, which way are we going to fall? How is this going to, how is this going to, um, <laughs> how is it going to fall? So, with that um, complete note of uncertainty, I will leave you and let me know your thoughts and I will see you on Twitter.